Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well... Now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly Junk Refund Show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host, Alan J. Cook. everybody and welcome to another episode of the Junk Refund Show. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock. It's my favorite time of the week because I get to chat with cool people like I have on the show today about how to get the junk out of your life. Um, we talk about not only how to get the junk out of your living room and your garage and your attic, but also out of your life in a bigger sense. And today we're kind of coming at it from a little bit of a spiritual angle about how to get some of the junk out of your spiritual life, so to speak. Um, in that regard, I have with me four very good friends that I have worked with because of my involvement with my, my church service that I do at the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Washington, D.C. I have four young missionaries who are out here taking anywhere from 18 months for the girls to 24 months for the guys, basically spend 60 hours a week helping other people have a better life. That's really what it's all about. This is not a self-serving episode they're on. This is all about other people, and I am delighted to have them on the show today. Um, I want to tell you a little bit just where I am, just to bring you up to speed. I am sitting in one of my favorite places, actually. It's the Chick-fil-A parking lot. Uh, at Research Row in Rockville, where, shout out to my buddy Brad Wood, who is the operator of this particular franchise. He was a guest on my show a couple of months ago. And when we're done with this show today, I make a beeline straight for Chick-fil-A and pick up one of their shakes, just because that's uh, what I want to do. So anyway, I am here, uh, having just come from doing some work down in D.C., and I'm just going to tell you real quickly, I came away from this job in D.C. just to give you a sense of what my life is like with four very cool things in addition to some boxes of books and some other stuff that this gentleman had me take away. One of the things that, that was here, a guy that lived in an apartment down there for many years and then moved to another place and COVID hit and he's a little bit older gentleman and so he and his brother couldn't exactly get everything cleaned out during COVID. So we've been down helping him. He's just a fabulous guy. I came away with a little box set of knowledge cards called Great Buildings of Washington, D.C. 
new, never opened. I'm very excited about this because I think these are a bunch of little trivia cards about what's in D.C. I came away with a small stamp collection, stamps that these folks bought over the years for various purposes and then never used. So I've got a small stack of sheets of stamps that are here. I'm now an unofficial stamp collector, I guess. Um, third thing, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one as well. This is still shrink-wrapped. It's a book, shrink-wrapped, brand new. It sold for 35 bucks a few years ago. It's called A Sweet World of White House Desserts. And it is by the guy who, on the back of the book, it says, during the 25 years I served as White House pastry chef, I had the opportunity to prepare desserts for five presidents, their families, countless heads of state, etc. And he summed up his job as basically, my job was to create an over-the-top, customized dessert for the guests of the president. Now, that's pretty cool, and I, I guess I have some recipes here. And the fourth thing I have to tell you real quick is um, these, these folks down in this apartment had a bunch of spare change, and they just kind of kept throwing the spare change into a container. They sent me home with a very heavy container of spare change. So I'm, I'm a happy camper here. I'm only a couple hundred feet from a strawberry or caramel crumble shake or whatever I decide to get at the end of the show. But on to more important things, um, I am delighted to have with me four missionaries, two ladies, two gentlemen, who are going to tell you a little bit more about themselves. Um, they are, as I mentioned, really good friends of mine, and they are serving as young missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for a period of 18 months to two years. Um, we call the we call the young lady's sister as as a title. We don't really use their first names much. So we have Sister Copeland, Sister Hanson, and we have and we title the we give a title to the young man of Elder. We have Elder Gardner and Elder Awit. These four are just fascinating people, and you'll see why I say that as you get to listen to them on the show. So anyway, that's why they're called elders and sisters, respectively. Um, I'm going to start with the sister missionaries. Would you folks just each uh, tell everybody your name again, where you're from, what your age is, and how long you've been on your mission? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Sister Copeland. I'm from Idaho Falls, Idaho. I'm 20 years old, and I've been on my mission for almost 16 months now. And hi, I'm Sister Hansen. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I'm 20 years old, and I've been on my mission for 14 months. Elders, your turn. Yeah, I'm Elder Gardner. Um, I'm from Enterprise, Utah, and I've been on my mission for about 16 months. And I am 19. All right, I'm Elder Awit. I'm from Manila, Philippines. I'm 25 years old, and I've been out on a mission for about 14 months. Now, I have to explain to you folks, these these folks don't send in their applications and then say, please send me to Washington, D.C. They do what I did when I was 19 or 18. They send in an application. They're approved by the church, and the church then assigns them on where they're going to go. So you could be living in the Philippines and end up in Washington, D.C., or you could be living in Washington, D.C. and end up in the Philippines. The point is you go all over the world based on where the church wants to send you, and many times you need to learn a second language. 
Uh, Elder Gardner, tell everybody just general terms where Enterprise Utah is in the state of Utah. Yeah. So Enterprise is right close to St. George and Cedar. Um, so it's an hour north of St. George, hour west of Cedar. Um, just a little tiny, small farming town. And St. George, Utah is in the southwestern corner of the state of Utah. I moved to Washington, D.C. from St. George. And St. George is about two hours north of Las Vegas, just so, they, just so you know. I have to tell you, they, these are uh, some amazing people who smile a lot. And this, this mission that they're on is not about them and what you know, they're doing so much. It's about serving God and Jesus and helping other people basically improve or get some more happiness in their life through kind of a spiritual approach. Um, there is a ratio in that I want you to know real quick, and then we'll let these folks do most of the talking here. Um, in the United States today, right now, there's about 19 million um, college students. Age is about, what, 18 to 25, probably. There are about 30,000 young people like these four that are on my show out doing missionary work right now for our church in the United States. That is a 600 to 1 ratio. Now, I mentioned I'm sitting here in the parking lot of Chick-fil-A. When Brad sent in his application to be the operator or the franchise owner of this particular Chick-fil-A, 200 people applied for this opportunity, and one is given that responsibility. One in 200 people that apply for a Chick-fil-A franchise get the franchise. One in 600, three times as much, one in 600 young people in the United States are out doing the missionary work that these four are doing. And I just think it's, it's a tremendous thing for each of them. Um, elders, let's start with you first. Just tell me, each of you, what was it like when you opened up this mission call or however you got your mission call that told you you were coming to Washington, D.C.? What was that like? So for me, uh, Elder Awit speaking, um, I was in the Philippines at that time, and um, I opened my call along with my brother, and he opened it first, and he read that he's going to be serving in Salt Lake City, Utah. And then I opened mine right after him, and I read Washington, D.C. North Mission. Um, I wasn't expecting that I'll be serving here in Washington, D.C., but I, I knew that God wanted me to serve here, and, um, and I'm glad that I'm here serving his children. Are, are, is your brother a twin? He's younger than me. He's uh, three years younger than me. And you timed it so that you both applied to come on your missions at the same time, right? That is correct. That's a wonderful thing. How about you, Elder Gardner? Yeah, so when I opened my call, I was actually at my grandparents' house. I had my family and friends over, and a bunch of my friends are the same age as me, and they were starting to get mission calls as well. Um, and one of my friends earlier, he got his call to Boise, Idaho, just like a week earlier. And then my call came, and when I opened it up and I read that I'm called to serve in the Washington, D.C. area, I was like, oh, wow, 
would have never guessed that. I thought I would go <laughs> somewhere in like South America or something. So it was exciting, <laughs> but I'm excited. I I still love it. It's a little different than Enterprise Utah, isn't it? A touch bit. <laughs> Sister Hanson, would you tell us about getting your call? Yeah, so I was at college at the time, and I was super excited to get my call. I was really nervous, but I was the first of my siblings to go on a mission, so I didn't really have anyone to kind of base this experience off of, so I didn't really know what to expect. But I got my call, and since I was at college um, away from my family, I scheduled to open it uh, that night, and my mom actually flew up to surprise me so that she could be there. So it was all my friends at college and my mom, people in my church, they all came and supported me as I opened it for the first time in front of everyone. And I had never considered I'd be called here, but the second I read it, uh, tears filled my eyes and I just felt God confirmed to me that, that this is where he needed me to be. And from that point on, I just have trusted that I'm in the right place at the right time and that has held true. So it's been amazing. That's a great story. Where were you in college? I was studying at Brigham Young University in Utah. And, you, and your mom flew up from L.A. to be with you when you opened this, this letter? Yeah, the second I got the announcement, my call was in. She bought a ticket and just flew up. That's very cool. And you are you notified these days by email? So you're typically texted a message saying that your call is now ready to view. You just tap it and you can open up your letter. And I got that text at 10 a.m. and I waited till 7 p.m. to open it in front of everyone. And it was the longest period of time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> A long nine hours, because you have no idea where you're going to be spending the next 18 months, right? Yeah, because the amount of options there are with different countries and different states' missions, you you can go anywhere. So it's very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Copeland, what was your call like when you opened it up? Um, I was just at home. I had my family and some friends over, and... um. I, I had four older brothers and a dad who served, and so I kind of had, like, that experience of how it should be, but I was still super nervous about where I was going to go. Um, but as soon as I read Washington, D.C. North, um, I knew that that's where God wanted me to serve because my dad served in this same exact mission um, in the 1980s. And so I knew wow. that that's where God needed me to be. So it was super cool. That's an that's an amazing. So, where did your four brothers serve? Um, the first one went to uh, the Marshall Islands, so he was he served in Kitabis. Um, and then the next one went to Madagascar, and then the next one went to Manchester, England, and the next one went to Syracuse, New York. Unbelievable. See, that's just, yeah. it's just an amazing thing. I went to Independence, Missouri when I was 19. I have 10 siblings, and nine of those 10 have served missions. And I think collectively we've been all over the world, and I think collectively we speak nine different languages as a result of this. Um, I think, I don't know if this is for sure or not, I think your wonderful mission president, the mission president, by the way, folks, is the person that kind of, he and his wife will oversee and direct and inspire and lead these wonderful missionaries for a period of three years. 
Um, we have a, a, a wonderful couple, President and Sister Clark, who are here from um, Omaha, Nebraska. They were just kind of minding their own business, doing their thing in Omaha. They did not sign up for, well, I guess you, well, no, they didn't sign up. They were, they were asked to do this, and for three years they will be here. They're about a third of the way through their time. They are terrific people, and they are basically the leaders of these missionaries. I think they have about 200 missionaries or so that they oversee for a period of three years, and these missionaries come and go from all different parts of the world. Um, Tell me, sisters, we'll start with you. Each of you, tell me one thing you like the most about President and Sister Clark. Aw, that's actually a really hard question because we love so much about them. I think what's so cool about President and Sister Clark is they're super real with us, and their testimonies are so powerful, but they let us kind of govern ourselves and help us gain our own testimonies on our own. They don't um, give us strict rules that we have to really uh, focus on. They give us correct principles that we can kind of just model our schedules off of, but really he's given, they've both given us um, the freedom to just work hard and do what we think is best, which I've really admired them both for doing because I've been able to grow on my own and learn from my own mistakes, and their guidance has really just shaped my mission to be a wonderful experience so far. That's a great answer. Sister Copeland? Um, What I love about President and Sister Clark is that they just have one of the best sense of humor ever. They're so funny, and they're so fun to be around. But at the same time, they're so real. Like Sister Hampton was saying, they have taught me so much, and they've made sure that I know what the purpose is behind this work and how to do it correctly. And so they've been a a great guiding hand in this work. Elder Awit, same question. Absolutely. Um, I love President and Sister Clark. Uh, They're a wonderful couple, and they're a great leader to me. And just being out on the mission, they've literally been apparent to me. And it's really cool uh, the amount of trust that they put to all the missionaries, especially handling two, almost 200 missionaries. That's a lot to handle. And just the amount of trust that they put into every single one of us. And just like Sister Hansen was saying, to, that allows us to go, govern, govern ourselves. And it's really amazing that, you know, they really trust us in putting this work up, work forward, and um, I just love them and the example that they are to me. It's awesome. Very good. Elder Gardner. Yeah, I'd have to agree with everything that's been said, um, but ultimately it's it's their love. President and Sister Clark, um, they know us each individually, and they want the best for us, and you can always count on them. Great answer. I will tell you that uh, President Clark served a mission when he was your age. He went to Japan. So he obviously knows what this is like. He's a great leader, and he and his wife do a terrific job. So there's a little bit of an introduction to these folks. We're going to get into some more stuff here in just a second. But we're going to take a a quick commercial break here for about a minute, and then we'll be back. We're talking with four wonderful young missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who have dedicated 18 months to two years of their lives to help other people get some of the spiritual junk, so to speak, out of their lives 
and just have a happier life. And they're very, very good at it. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show. We'll be back in about a minute and we'll talk to them about some other issues. Be back in a minute. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. Doesn't he have a great voice? That is Don Newsom, one of the producers of the show and co-founder of BBSRadio.com, who is also host of radio shows himself. But uh, I just love listening to his voice. I think he has a great, a great radio voice. So we are talking about how to get some of the junk out of your spiritual life. I've got four young missionaries from different parts of the world that are assigned to work in the Washington, D.C. area. And I get to work with them on a weekly basis because of my responsibilities in the area. We're talking about how to get some of the junk out of your spiritual life. Um, elders, let's start with you on this next one. Give us an example. or Each of you, just name one rule that you have to live by while you're here on your mission that other, let's say, peers, your other of your peers don't necessarily have to live by. What are some of the rules you have to keep while you're out here? Each of you just mention one. Um, you have to stay with sight and sound of your companion. So you have to be able to see your companion and to hear them um, just for safety. And and you've had, in the months that you've been out here, you've had how many companions, uh, partners basically, if you will, folks, but we call them companions. How many companions have you had so far? Um. This is Elder Gardner. I've had about 13. 13. Wonderful. Elder Awit, what's the rule that comes to mind? Um, one of the rules that, that comes to mind is, um, so our phone is very restricted. Uh, you know, our mission, being on a mission, we have to be focusing on missionary work and be spiritual at all times. And so our phone is very restricted to most of the apps that all other people are using. So we can concentrate in our missionary work. Very good. Um, Sister Hansen. So something that kind of piggybacking off of Elder Awit with our phones, uh, we don't talk to our families um, any day of the week except Monday. So that's our day off, and we get to call our families and talk to our friends that day um, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. is when we're allowed to have communication with others. Outside of that, we're using every form of communication with people in this area. Very good. Sister Copeland. 
Um, one of the things we do is we daily plan. So we have every minute of our day scheduled. We wake up at 6.30 and we go to bed at 10.30 and every minute in between there is planned. Whether we're serving others, we're teaching people, or we're just out and about in the city. So that's what we do every day. Yeah, that's the same rule I had, you know, 40 years ago. I was, I was in bed at 10.30. I woke up at 6.30. And we had a very planned out schedule. You guys have it great, though. You get to talk to family and friends like once a week. It used to be Mother's Day and Christmas. And that was it, man. Two days a year, we got to talk to them. I think by phone is what we did. Other than that, it was mail, you know, et cetera. So you've, you've got it better than some of us had. But I, it's still probably not the easiest thing to do to basically walk away from family and friends and just focus on what you're doing for 60 hours a week. So tell you what, let's reverse this. We'll start with Sister Copeland and just go back the way we came. On a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you on average doing what you're doing? On average, I'd say I'm probably about 8.5 or 9. I'm pretty happy. Um, am I allowed to say an 11? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm an 11. <laughs> Elder Gardner? I'd say a nine. And the same Very for me. Good. Nine to ten. Okay, so see, these folks are averaging like nine to ten on a scale of one to ten for happiness. But the reason they're on the show is that their life is not about them. It, they're, they're, they're doing something separate to serve other people. And we didn't rehearse this, folks. I didn't say, okay, now when I ask you this question, let's make the average about nine. I had no idea what they were going to say. But you've got an average here of about nine to ten in happiness for people who could be furthering their education, could be going to, you know, the next collegiate football game, could be dating up a storm, you know, could be getting married. I mean, who knows? Could be doing all this other stuff. But all of that stuff has been tabled while they come out and serve God and their church and others by just helping people. Now, let me get to a little bit more of kind of the meat of why I wanted to have you on the show as well. Um, Elder Ahmed, let's start with you. Can you give me an example of where you've seen someone on your mission get rid of some of the junk in their spiritual lives that you've been able to help with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've helped, you know, so many friends just being out on the mission for 14 months um, with some of their addictions in life. And um, one of them is, his name is William. And before we met him, he drinks a lot. He smokes, drinks, you know, iced tea. And as, you know, time goes by teaching him, especially focusing on the gospel of Jesus Christ, I've been really able to see the changes in him and being able to see that light um, and the change that he has in his life. Um, he, we recently just had a lesson with him, and he said that he hasn't had any alcohol, he hasn't smoked, or he hasn't drank tea for two weeks. And that's really comforting to me to see that the gospel really changes people's lives. And... It changes behavior as well. And as they continue to 
make that a habit of applying these teachings of Jesus Christ in their life and make them happy. And it makes them want to continue to be better every single day. And I've been very fortunate to see that, you know, front seat, um, all these miracles and the tender mercies that I see every single day. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the gospel of Jesus Christ and, you know, the, the peace that it brings and the change that it brings in, in all of our friends, um, especially here in D.C. area. Great answer. How about you, Elder Gardner? Yeah, I've been able to be a part of a few people um, with some of the similar things. Um, but I'd say another thing um, is helping people get rid of some of their doubts, um, building more confidence in themselves and in Jesus Christ. Um, I've had people who believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in all these teachings. Um, but when it comes down to it, they don't know if they do believe. And so helping them realize that they do know this, and as they continue to, to press forward with simple scripture study, prayer, that their faith and those doubts, they begin to go away, and it turns into this hope, into this joy for the future. And so that's definitely been one of the other junky things we've helped people with. Helping people get rid of their doubts is a great answer because there's a lot of negativity in the world and there's a lot of, you know, fear, frankly, and giving people some hope and helping them get rid of some of those doubts is a, that's a great answer. How about you, Sister Copeland? Um, I had a super cool friend um, a little while ago, and he had kind of a similar problem with his addiction with drinking and smoking and he was just in a really low place when we met him and we were able to teach him more about Jesus Christ and his gospel and he was able to quit smoking just he cold turkey he realized realized that um, there was more things and better things and so um, we helped him to quit smoking and now he's he has his family back in his life and he just is so much happier because of that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Sister Hanson? Yeah, so I was able to have a really cool experience um, just recently with a friend, and he actually is a member of our church, and so that's really cool about being a missionary is it's not just for people who aren't members of our faith, it's for everyone, and that will include members of our church as well. They also need help from the missionaries, and what's so cool is we had a member um, he's about 26 years old. He reached out to us and said that he just wanted to be um, kind of retaught the missionary discussions, which basically just means the same kind of conversations and scripture study that we do with people that aren't members. And the reason he wanted to do that was because he hadn't come to church in 10 years. And he didn't believe, and he didn't believe when he was asking to meet again, but he was at rock bottom in his life. He had lost a lot of relationships with friends and family. He had lost his job, and he had moved to a different state. And he was completely um, as low as you can be. And so the only thing he knew how to do at that, knew what to do at that point was to reach out to the missionaries and just ask for help. And I remember our first meeting with him, he just sobbed and sobbed about how distraught he was and angry and sad. And we just got to be there for him. And I got to see, as we met with him once to twice a week, we got to see him change, and we got to see him suddenly gain faith and gain 
just purpose in life, and he's so much happier, and now he's bringing friends that aren't members to church because they've seen a change in him and have noticed something different. And so what was so cool is, um, as a missionary, I was able to bring someone peace. That's a great answer as well. Uh, these are all great answers, uh, because you folks are on the, the front line seeing it, and you're watching, you know, people who, you know, six months ago were complete strangers to you, you're getting involved in their lives, and you're watching them do some positive things that are working for them, which, which I think is a, is, a, is a great thing. Um, Sister Copeland, did I give you a chance as well? Yep, you did. Okay, okay. Uh, following this same topic, would each of you just give me one thing, one general thing you think people could do that would help them get some of the spiritual junk out of their lives, so to speak, or, or increase their spirituality and maybe get some of the non-spiritual junk out of their lives? Maybe that's a better way to say it. What's just one simple thing that you think people, as a general rule, could do that would help them with getting more peace in their life from a spiritual perspective. Um, Elder Gardner, let's start with you. Absolutely. I'd say the most simple thing you can do is to pray. Um, prayer is just the communication um, between you and God. Um, just like when you're going through hard times, you want to talk to one of your close loved ones that you can trust. Um, a good friend. God, he is the exact same way. And any of the hardships you're going through, you can trust God. You can ask Him for help. And God, He hears and answers those prayers every time. And I know that because I've seen that. And so I, I definitely say just pray to God. Ask Him for help. You can, you can never go wrong in that. And He'll definitely guide you to a better path. Great thought. Elder Alwitt. For me, I'd say gratitude. Um... You know, we live in a crazy world right now where all we see is negativity. And the something that I've noticed on my mission is I've been happier when I'm grateful for what I have and not really be jealous about, you know, what other people have that I don't have. And just being grateful for the small and the big things. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard to recognize the blessings that that we see every single day. But as I've gotten to to grow and just be more grateful about about the small blessings that God has given me. Uh, it makes me so happy, and it makes me appreciate the little things in life more. Great. How about you, Sister Hanson? Yeah, so the mentality I had before my mission was that I needed to do big things to help people. And I think something that really has helped me um, just to increase in happiness and spirituality is, has been to think of others and not myself. Um, the second I start thinking of myself and when I think about what I need and what I'm um, struggling with, I get really sad. But when I use all of my thoughts to think of how I can help someone else in a small and simple way, I've noticed that I'm so much happier. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. I think we're supposed to love one another and just treat everyone as God's children. We're all supposed to be here to lift each other up. And we're going to be more like Jesus Christ if we're um, living our lives constantly thinking about how we can be there for someone, someone else. And that's when the real happiness is going to come. Great thought. How about you, Sister Copeland? Um, the first thing that came into my mind is just to 
like spend time in nature. I grew up um, camping, being in the mountains, just being outside and just enjoying God's creation. And I feel like that just brought me really close to God. And you can take a minute and just meditate and especially pray, like Elder Gardner was saying, because that really connects us to God and He can guide our minds. He can help us organize our priorities and He can help us just feel spiritually good. Great answers. See, these are great thoughts. And again, this is unrehearsed, folks. I have no idea what they're going to say. And I'm just, and they don't know really all the questions I'm throwing at them. I'm just, uh, it's just really fun to talk to them and get their thoughts on all these different matters. And you can tell they are just straight up, straightforward, unrehearsed from their heart answers. And it's, it's amazing to just associate with them as I see them a couple of times each week and just see how happy they are and knowing how hard that they work. Um, let me, let me, do this real quick. Um, I'm going to ask you, and, and at, when we're done with kind of this little round, we'll take another break here, and then we'll, we'll come back for the last segment of the show, but how would you guys summarize kind of in, in a, simple, a simple, you know, one or two sentences, how would you summarize the message that you would like to share with people? What is the bottom line of the message? And I know there's a lot you can share because there's a lot of lessons you teach people and there's a lot you can talk about. Give me just a couple of, like, the bottom line thoughts that, you know, the, the short elevator speech, so to speak, or something. Just a couple of sentences, each of you, about the bottom line message that you would like to share with people. Um, Sister Copeland, let's start with you. Um, just as simple as God is our loving Heavenly Father, and that He has an absolute perfect plan for each of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Very good. Going off of that, going off of that um, He's a loving Father that wants all of His children to return to Him, and so He's going to do everything He possibly can to help His children to return to Him and live with Him forever in happiness. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. Very good. Elder Gardner. I'd say Jesus Christ is our source, our source of lasting happiness, and that families can be together forever. Very good. Elder Alwyn. Jesus Christ loves each and every one of us, that he gave his life for us, so we can be, so we can have that opportunity to be better and develop each and every day. You guys are great. They, they should have you on radio shows like every week. You guys are you guys are terrific guests, and you're you're answering these questions beautifully. Um, thank you for that. We're going to take another break here for about a minute. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show, and I'm talking to four wonderful, young, uh, dedicated servants of God who are out teaching people simply how to have a better life and to try to help them have a little bit stronger spiritual life, and they do a terrific job. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. We'll be back in about another minute, and we'll do another uh, 20 minutes or so to wrap up the show. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff, especially the good stuff? At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. 
donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. So you're listening to Junk Refund Show. It's my favorite time of the week, Thursdays at 3, where I get to talk for an hour about what I do for a living, which is help people get the junk out of their homes and offices and garages and whatever. And also on the radio show, though, we like to expand it and talk about how people can get some of the junk out of their lives. We are talking to four young, uh, happy missionaries who serve for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Washington, D.C., North area. I go to church services with these folks, and my calling in the church, my responsibility is to work with them and help them as they work with our congregation and other people in the area who are interested in learning more about our church. Um, I just get to be a part of, of kind of their lives a little bit, and it's a wonderful thing to do. Um, Elder Awit, let me ask you this question. If people are interested in learning more about your message, regardless of where they might be listening to this show from, where do they go to begin the process, and how do they do that? Um, so they, they can learn literally pretty much anywhere, but we invite them to come to church, because uh, the church is a place where everyone can feel peace and comfort, and where you can really feel the Spirit. And so us as missionaries, we invite everyone uh, to come to church, because, you know, it is, it is a place for for all of us um, to be in and just to worship God and just to, to be with other people um, who are trying to, to be better. Is, is there a, a go-to website that they go to to find out where the church is in their area and what time they meet on Sundays? Yeah, so there's the website should be um, comeuntochrist.org, and they can search up um, any meeting houses, in their respective areas. Great. And if they want to, let's say, Sister Hanson, if they want to get online and chat with somebody from the church in the meantime, and they don't want to wait until Sunday, for example, where would they go online to make that happen? So all they would have to do is go online and type in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and what should come up immediately is um, little prompts to put in their name, number, and address and they'll be able to get in contact with missionaries that are um, in their area, and those missionaries will reach out within the next 24 hours, typically, and they can start getting in contact with them and request whatever they need from those missionaries. Wonderful. So you you go to comeuntochrist.org. You can find a local meeting house. You can type in Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and... It'll pop up a menu that you'll be easy to navigate and put in your name, etc., and you can start an online chat with some folks there as well. Um, you, you serve for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so obviously Jesus Christ is an important person for each of you. 
Sister Copeland, starting with you, would you just tell everybody how you feel about Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, he is my Savior. I have come to really know that and feel that. Um, I know that he he died for me, and he was risen again. Um, he lives, and because of that, it gives me so much strength to do hard things and to um, go through life's challenges. Jesus Christ, he is also my brother and my best friend, and um, he helps me through anything in my life. Great thoughts. Sister Hansen? Yeah, it's really hard to put into words what Jesus Christ means to me, but he he is just the person that I am so excited to meet one day. He loves each of us, and he suffered so that we could all become better and that we could be happy. And if he would do it just for one of us, he would still do it. And that's what's always brought me so much peace is I can be take a thousand steps away from Jesus Christ, but it will only take one step to turn around and be right there back with him. And it's that love and that friendship and just that comfort that has gotten me through most of my life, and especially my time as a missionary. Great answer. Uh, Elder Gardner. Yeah, I'd say he's my best friend. Um, I've, I've definitely come to realize that um, in the last 16 months or so, um, and that he, he is always there. And no matter what you do, it'll never be too much for Jesus Christ to come back to you, because he is always there, as Sister Hansen was saying, that all you have to do is take that step back and come unto him, and he'll be there to give you a hug, because he, he's your best friend. Very good. Elder Awit. Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Redeemer. Um, I know we're talking about taking junk out of our life, but as for me, Jesus Christ takes junk out of my life and continue to, continues to take that junk out of my life. Um, I've learned on my mission that as I continue to rely to Him and trust Him fully and that He can do anything, and He has been the source and, you know, uh, the one that I can really turn to um, every single day. And I really appreciated everything that He has done for me personally and for um, His perfect example for each and every one of us. And I love him so much, and, you know, like Sister Hansen was saying, I can never really put, put it into words how much I appreciate him and how much I love him. Thank you. That's, that's really well said. Um, I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if you see this in your, you know, with the limited use you have on your phones and other stuff like that. In a few months, the hit Broadway play, The Book of Mormon, is coming back to Washington, D.C. It was at the Kennedy Center when it was here a few years ago. Um, and the Book of Mormon is something that is talked a lot about in our church because it's such a unique book, and it sets us apart from all the other Christian churches and other church, other religions and denominations that are out there. Um, Sister Hansen, can I just kind of start with you? Would you just kind of briefly explain to people what the Book of Mormon is and why we have it? Yeah, 100%. So... The Book of Mormon, it's an ancient record um, that was written by the people who lived in the ancient Americas, meaning this land here, um, 
hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So it's written kind of similarly to the Bible, but it's of a different people. And they kind of write down their experiences living here in this land and their experiences with Jesus Christ. And what's so cool that I like to kind of explain it is that we have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, and then we have the Book of Mormon, which is another testament of Jesus Christ that he lives. So the whole purpose of this book is just to bring us closer to Jesus Christ, because it's simply another testament from different people um, that he lives. Very good. Um, Elder Gardner, you've, one of the things you do on your mission, you read and study a lot, each of you do, as part of your regular day. What, what does the Book of Mormon mean to you? That, that's a great question, and it means a lot to me. Well, if, if I were not to have the Book of Mormon, I, I wouldn't be here where I'm at today. I wouldn't have my relationship I have with Jesus Christ, with God. Um, the, the Book of Mormon, it, it means everything to me, and honestly, I would be lost. Um, I wouldn't have as much knowledge as I have. I wouldn't know Jesus Christ and his sufferings for me as personally as it is. Um, so I'm just very grateful for the Book of Mormon. Thank you. Um, in connection with that book, you have to talk about Joseph Smith, who was the person that this book came to us through, and you hear a lot about him. Sister Copeland, you want to just tell everybody who Joseph Smith was and why he's important? Yeah, Joseph Smith um, was a young boy, or just a boy in about the 1820s, um, and he um, he was a boy who had a question about which church to join, and so he prayed to God, and God helped him realize that um, <clears throat> that he needed to um, restore the church again on the earth today. And so we kind of talk a lot how this this church is the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. It's brought back to the earth in its fullest form, and and the way that we know it's in its full form is because we have the Book of Mormon. And Joseph Smith was able to translate that ancient record into its destined language, which was English. Um, and so Joseph Smith was was a prophet. He was called of God to, to do that great work. Um, and so we are grateful for him and all that he did. He suffered a lot of persecutions and hard times, but... We we know that he was a true prophet because the Book of Mormon just brings us so much more knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a, that's a great answer. And folks, I'll just chime in and tell you that that the uh, the the book is published back in the early 1800s. The church is organized officially in upstate New York in 1830 with six people, which is what you needed in those days to start a church, basically. It's now over 17 million members of the Church, and this book, the Book of Mormon that she has talked about, has about 200 million copies have been printed now and sent throughout the world in somewhere around, I think it's 115 languages now, something like that. Um, but anyway, it's a very popular book, and it, it is something that if you don't have a copy of it, you can get either a, an downloaded copy on your phones and read it, or you can get a copy, a hard copy from any of the missionaries that you see, regardless of where you're listening to the program from. 
Um, if you haven't read that book and haven't checked it out, I would encourage you very strongly to do that. Um, I read a chapter from it every night, and I'm here to tell you that it gives you spiritual power and strength, regardless of what's going on in the book. There is a spiritual power that comes with that book that you will sense and feel as you kind of dip into it and drink from it each day. And even if you don't do it each day, if you just do it on a regular basis, you'll sense that there's something special about this. One of the early apostles of this church, um, a guy named Carly P. Pratt, when he was given a copy of the Book of Mormon, stayed up and just kept reading it all night. He said, he said eating and sleeping were a burden to him because he would rather be reading the book. So anyway, this is just a plug that says, take a, take a moment. I mean, if you've seen the Broadway play, you've basically seen the movie. Now go read the book, like they say, and get a copy of the book and read it. But uh, you will not be disappointed, and it has withstood the test of time, and it's, a, it's an amazing book that has an amazing story. Elder Awit, in connection with this, talking about Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon, etc., would you explain to everybody who Russell M. Nelson is and why he's important? Yes, absolutely. So Russell M. Nelson is the prophet in our day, and he's our living prophet, and he was chosen by God to lead and guide his people in the church. And something that I like about President Nelson is he's very humble. And as a matter of fact, he's 99 years old, and he still continues to receive revelations for our day and for our church. And so, you know, there's a pattern that God loves all of his children, that he will continue to call prophets, to lead and guide his church on the earth. Great answer. A couple of things also about Russell M. Nelson that folks you should just know about. He is a world-renowned heart surgeon. He graduated from high school when he was 16. When he was cast in a college play, at the lead in a college play at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, the lady that he was cast opposite of, he took one look at her and he said, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. He ended up marrying her. They have, I think, nine daughters and one son, or eight daughters and one son. I think it's nine daughters and one son. And he has served as an apostle for Jesus Christ for about 39 years. Um, this is one brilliant man um, who has done some amazing things, and he's 99 I think he was skiing in those wonderful mountains out in Utah until he was in his 90s, and then they finally said, uh, I don't think you can do this anymore because you're the next guy to be in line to lead the church, and we, you know, we don't want you to run into a tree, which he won't do, of course. But anyway, this is a fascinating guy. Um, twice a year, he and other leaders of the church will do a worldwide conference. If you Google his name, Russell M. Like Marion Nelson, there will be plenty of information about him, and you can learn about him um, really quick. Tell me real quick here, we got like three or four minutes left, um, starting with Sister Copeland. In general, how are you treated by the people in the Washington, D.C. area? Um, the Washington, D.C. area is actually super kind. There's a lot of people that are humble, and they're willing to talk to us, and they're willing to just have a good, lighthearted conversation with us. And most people, they love God, and they're grateful for Him. And so we, we have wonderful conversations with the people here. 
Elder uh, Alwit, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love serving in the D.C. area. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of home. And it's really cool to see how these people love to talk about Jesus Christ. You know, our purpose is to invite others to come unto Christ. But every time we walk, just on the street, we see people uh, reaching out to us and just want to talk more. Um, it's really cool to, to be able to talk to these kinds of people. And we're really humble. And um, that is just amazing to, to serve here in the D.C. area. Great, great answer. Are you from Manila originally? Yeah, uh, yes. Terrific. Okay. So we've got a couple of minutes left. I want to give each of you, if I mean, if I, if I had you on my show and I had, you know, a business called Cook's Used Cars, and you were my salesman or something, I would give you each a chance to tell people why they should come to Cook's Used Cars to check out a car to pick up or whatever. Or if you were, you know, Hoover vacuum salespeople, I'd give you each a chance on the show to talk about, you know, why you think people should check out a Hoover vacuum or whatever. Because you're missionaries for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I just want to give in the closing remarks, I want to give each of you just a chance to see if there's anything else you want to say to the audience while we have you on the show of any anything that comes to mind that you'd like to say. I just want to give you each a chance to do that with kind of some closing remarks. Sister Copeland, we'll start with you. Absolutely. This experience as a missionary has been life-changing, and it's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know that this gospel, it brings miracles. It brings blessings. And I know that God does love us. He loves all of his children. Um, and I can truly say I am the most happiest because of this gospel. Great answer. Sister Hansen? Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful to be able to talk on this show about, you know, removing junk from your life, because I feel like that's what I was um, able to do a year ago when I decided to serve a mission. I was able to take out um, not necessarily bad things, but just I was able to make a lot of sacrifices. I had to leave my family. I had to leave my favorite hobbies. I had to leave my job, um, college, and an education. And I had to just put all of my time and efforts into thinking of others and just trying to do my best to serve my Father in Heaven. And in doing so, I've seen myself change. Um, I've learned that when I'm not focused on myself, that's when I really start to become a better person and someone that I can look in the mirror and be grateful for that I'm learning and I'm changing and I'm helping others to just have peace and happiness. And that's what the biggest blessing has been right now in my life, has been learning that it's not me, it's all Jesus Christ and His power that He can have on each of us individually. Thank you. Um, Elder Gardner. Yeah. I'd say um, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter how hard things might be going for you, that that has nothing to do with your joy. What has to do with your joy is your focus. And I've come to realize that as I focus on Jesus Christ, that that is truly how I can get rid of the junk out of my life, how I can come to find peace and hope, and, and ultimately just fill of his love, know that there's there's better things in store for me because he he already felt it for me. He already paved that path. So I could receive that. So just continue to, to press forward in faith. Thank you. Um, beautifully said. 
Elder Awit, we're going to give you the last word. All right. Um, on behalf of all the missionaries um, here, we would like to express a gratitude for you for having us over today. And um, one thing, one thing that I want to say is that God lives. Um, that's my living testimony that Jesus Christ lives, and because He lives, we can have hope. And I know that Jesus Christ loves in each and every one of us. I've come to know that on my mission. Um, I was able to get rid of my bad habits and to continue to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ. It is true that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of transformation. And I invite each and every one of you who are listening to, to pray to Him. Um, he is eager to, to hear from you. And He always has His arms stretched wide open, waiting for you. And uh, I know that He loves all of you very much. Thank you. That's, there's just nothing I need to add to that. Those are four beautiful testimonies from four beautiful, wonderful people who have put others' needs and lives ahead of their own, and they're finding an awful lot of joy in the process. They are four of the best examples I can give you in my 65 years of being on the planet that might illustrate how to be happier and that one of the keys to doing it is to focus on other people like these wonderful young missionaries are. God bless all of you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for all you do. Stay safe. And just take a chance to listen to any of these folks. When you see them in your area, folks, um, they're easy to recognize. They're great people. They come from all over the world, and they have a great message that will help you get some of the junk out of your life and kind of strengthen some of the spiritual side of your life and simply find joy and be happier, like they've said. Thanks again to all of you. Thanks to Don for doing such a great job with the show each week. Uh, you've been listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. We'll see you next Thursday at 3. In the meantime, have a great week, and thanks again for joining the show today, and thanks to these wonderful guests. Take care. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show the longest-running junk-removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk-removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus, call in with questions and situations you would like some help with. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BBS Radio TV.